Over the years, we've interacted with hundreds of women and men who are serving God in a local church, whether it's professionals or volunteers. Pastors are heroes in our world. Pastors pray for people in hospital rooms, show up at events to be a blessing, care for small groups, work hard in God's service, and prepare messages from God's Word to bring encouragement. We thank God for pastors. Welcome, Soul Talks friends. We're so grateful you're with us today. We want to give a call out to our friend, Pastor Karen. Congratulations on your ordination. We are so proud of you and so excited. Yay, Karen. Yeah, and Karen went through our institute. Karen emailed us when I was just so grateful to be invited to her ordination. She emailed us and said, you were there for me when I was at the end of my rope, ready to give up on church ministry. You walked me through some very difficult days, and I'm grateful to have gone through the ordination process. Something that was affirmed in me through Soul Shepherding Institute is that as a woman, I've been given the opportunity through Christ to live out my spiritual gifts in the church, which I've been apologizing for and minimizing for a long time in order to please the people who may disapprove. God has brought me to a place of peace and living for His approval. It's so well said, Karen. Just love that. So many of us women feel that way. Mm-hmm. So many of us have been trying to please and um, have been intimidated to really own and respond to and offer our gifts in the church. And Karen is a highly qualified woman. She's a graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary with many years of uh, church experience, leadership and ministry and Bible teaching. Yes, she is. So yeah, if if Karen has felt uh, inadequate and hesitant and uh, not always affirmed as a woman pastor. There are so many, and we talk to them all the we time. We do. We do hear from them. You know, Bill, um, just recently we had the privilege or blessed to listen to the Focus on the Family radio theater of The Hiding Place and just thinking about the way that God used Corey Timbaum and her responsiveness and her boldness and her courage and her obedience after her experience in the concentration camp to go and give testimony to tell her story. And that was a courageous thing to do at that time. And I was thinking about women that have influenced me, women who've been role models mm-hmm. to me in ministry. And she's one of them. You know, I was blessed to hear her as a little girl in my church growing up. My pastor, Pastor Guy Davidson at Grace Community Church in Arizona, was very good about um, really acknowledging and appreciating the gifts that women brought to the church. And he brought he, women into the pulpit he to, did. to teach. Johnny yeah. Erickson Tada, once again, yeah. when I was, you know, in high school, I remember her and Corey and uh, every Mother's Day, his wife gave the sermon, and boy, the church was packed, and the fruit of that was great, and that was an inspiration to me and my mom, my very own mother. You know, he he put in the pulpit and just seen her as a role model of ministry, and so even though I was so blessed with these role models and being ministered to by these women clearly called of God and, and gifted, I still have been very hesitant and have um, most of my adult life hidden behind you. Well, and I'm so thankful that you're not hiding anymore, but it's been a journey for you to speak with confidence and authority, particularly in church settings, Mm -hmm. uh, as a a Bible teacher and a communicator and as a co-leader of Mm -hmm. Soul Shepherding. It's been a challenge for you to rise up into that role and that God-given authority. Yeah, it has. And, And there's been a lot of confusion on this issue for me, even though very early in our marriage, I read, uh, Gilbert 
Zekian's book on women in ministry and was trying, you know, figure this out. And, you know, and when I was 18, I was on a missions trip in the Middle East and just experiencing the oppression of women there, even Christian women in the church and being mm-hmm. crammed in this tiny small room in the church on Sunday morning where I couldn't even see the pulpit and, and the men were all in the main church. And, you know, the women, we just, I just had to be quiet in this small room. And then after church, going to the pastor's house and being treated like slaves and only getting to eat the leftovers after the men were done hours later and just seeing that and trying to make sense of it all. Well, to a lesser extent, you've experienced those things in America mm-hmm. as an adult. You tell the story in our Soul Sharpening blog that's coming out this week, uh, which is on women as pastors, elders, elders leaders in Bible-based churches. And you tell the story in that blog about um, co-teaching with me uh, in a church and a man walking out in, mm-hmm. in a huff because he was offended that uh, as a woman you were standing up to speak mm-hmm. uh, and teach in church. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, you've had experiences like this and that has fed into just other dynamics within your personality and experiences of feeling uh, sensitive or criticized and so uh, when we started our Soul Shepherding Institute some years ago, uh, I think it was 2009, and having you join with me in that as a co-leader and co-teacher mm-hmm. with an equal voice to mine, it, it took a little while for you to, to raise up into that role. Yeah, it really did. And I, you know, I've had the blessing of, because we work with pastors and we're teaching pastors, having many male pastors who have affirmed me in that and have encouraged me to step up to the plate more and um, have, you know, affirmed that call of God in my life. And that's really helped me. But even, you know, even with that, it's been a real step for me to, to do this. And so I just have a heart for women and I've appreciated your heart for women in the way that you have affirmed me and others in that and the way that you have seen that the church needs the voice of women because, Actually, most of the church, the majority of the church are women. Well, our Soul Shepherding Board, we have currently four men and three women, and that's been an important value for us all along. And our board has really affirmed the importance of you and I together modeling shared male and female Mm -hmm. leadership and speaking. And that has proved to be prophetic because in settings like in our institute where we have men and women in ministry, uh, many pastors and other types of leaders who come in, and we always have half men and half women in our cohorts. And it's been real important in those uh, those groups, those meetings, and it's the whole institute that you're with me in the leading and the teaching of the weeks, because we have very different personalities. I'm more of a thinker. You're more of a feeler. I'm type A. You're type B. I'm quick to speak and talk and have to be quieted down a little bit. And you're more hesitant and and slower and careful and and so forth. And so when people experience you leading with me and speaking and speaking up with confidence, it empowers all of the women in the room, especially if they're more sensitive or type B and and many of the men who are maybe pastoral care or small groups, and they're, they're not the visionary leader. And so when they see you speak with insight and authority, it it really empowers them. It lifts them up and gives them more confidence. Yeah. And this issue for us is not an issue of debate or competition or um, being 
in, in aligned with the women who are angrily asserting mm-hmm. their rights and really, you know, trying to be like men. That's that's not where we're coming from at all. We're coming from a place of of complimenting, a place of authentically being ourselves and freely offering what God's given us. And we've spent most of our adult lives in churches that are Bible-based churches mm-hmm. and are very conservative in their views on this, more mm-hmm. conservative than we're, we are and what we're saying here. Yeah. And we've been supportive participants, and we know yes. that there are wonderful, loving, compassionate, wise, godly men and women who think differently on this issue. Mm-hmm. And what we would ask is that they rethink it mm-hmm. and re- relook at the scriptures and the article that I, I wrote that's coming out in the blog, well, the introduction to the article is coming in the blog on women as pastors, elders, and leaders in Bible-based churches, really does some serious digging into the, the controversial scriptures and, and the whole counsel of God's Word on this issue. And I think it really lays a case that you can be a um, someone who believes in the inspiration and authority of the Bible and have women as pastors or elders and certainly as leaders in your church. And uh, one way or another, we all need to get to the place where we, we model uh, shared male-female leadership because men and women together reveal the image of God. Mm-hmm. And we, we, need, we need that. It's so important. And we're in, in our culture today, churches that aren't open to what we're talking about, I mean, they're just losing people. Because in, in our world today, a woman can be president of the United States, uh, the, 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 the chair of, of a board of a... Fortune 100 company, but then comes to a church and maybe you won't even see any women on the stage in in some churches because it's so male-oriented. So it just doesn't make sense to people. And so we need to understand the the teaching of the Bible on this and to see that, you know, the Bible shows a lot of women in leadership as prophetesses, as um, uh, house church leaders, even as apostles, many evangelists, many leaders uh, New Testament, Old Testament, throughout the Bible. Bill, tell us a little bit more what you've gleaned as you've studied the Scripture. Well, it, it comes up everywhere. I mean, even just this morning in my daily Bible reading, I've been in the book of Acts and came across here in Acts 18, a Scripture that I'm familiar with. Uh, meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker who knew the Scriptures well, had just arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. He had been taught the way of the Lord and talked to others with great enthusiasm and accuracy about Jesus. However, he knew only about John's baptism, meaning he didn't know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him preaching boldly in the synagogue, they took him aside and explained the way of God more accurately. Priscilla is the wife, Aquila is the husband. Uh, She's listed first, apparently because she's more the, the leader of the two of them. And so we have here an example where uh, Priscilla is uh, teaching and uh, exhorting and correcting uh, an apostle, Apollos. <laughs> you know, he's a, um, a, a leader in the church who's establishing other churches. He's not obviously one of the original 12, but uh, he was a, a great man uh, early in the church, leading the church, uh, knew the scriptures well. Acts tells us, and spoke with boldness, and um, but he didn't understand the fullness of the, the life in the Spirit that came with Christ's crucifixion and resurrection and Pentecost and so forth. So Priscilla explained these things to him and corrected him. And so here we've got a woman really in the highest role uh, she could be in. And that just came up in my Bible reading 
this morning. That's great. That's a wonderful example. Thanks for reminding us of that. And there are many other examples. Uh, Mary Magdalene, we're probably familiar with. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, Lydia was um, became a house church leader with Paul in Philippi, and she was uh, essentially a f- female leader of an informal synagogue before Paul shared the gospel there when he'd been called by the man of Macedonia in his vision. Uh, we've got Junia, the wife of Androcius, who was named by Paul as outstanding among the apostles in Romans 16, 7. These are just a few of the examples of what we see women doing in the Bible, which is a very important part of understanding the Bible teaching on women in leadership. There's been some Bible-based churches and conservative traditional churches. There's been a lot of emphasis on 1 Timothy 2, 8 to 15, and 1 Corinthians 14, 26 to 40. I unpack this in this article, but these are passages that uh, seem to, to say, well, women should not be teaching in the church and women should remain silent in the church. Because, I mean, it does say these things. Mm-hmm. The problem we have is that uh, some churches take that as, mean, as a general uh, instruction, uh, doctrine, even command that should be followed at, at all times in all churches. And other churches, which is the perspective that we take, is that well, this, these are, are instructions that are coming in a list of things that are, are cultural. And so if you look in 1 Timothy 2, Paul is urging men to lift up their hands in prayer in church and to uh, not to get angry or have disputes in church meetings. And he's cautioning women about not uh, dolling up themselves with uh, hair all styled and wearing gold and pearls and things like this. And it's in this context that he says that women are not to teach. And so we've taken that, that one instruction about women not teaching, and we've turned it into a general principle that's like a law. But we don't do that with the other ones, you see. And then in 1 Corinthians 14, it's a similar situation. There's a number of specific instructions that are given that relate to a particular church in a particular time where there's a particular situation going on here and cultural sensitivities that are going on. And, uh, and here is where Paul is saying women are to remain silent in churches. But in that same context, he's talking about everyone needs to bring a hymn, a, a, a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. See, and Now, we don't take all of those specific instructions and say, okay, these are our doctrines that have to be present in every church service. But yet we do that in some churches with, well, women are not allowed to teach. And so I think we've got some, uh, in our hermeneutic or the way that we interpret scripture, there's something missing here in some traditions where we're so, we're getting so black and white and literalistic about it and taking something as a law that really has, is pretty embedded into the culture. And, uh, And the basic point that's so important that Paul is making here is don't let cultural sensitivities impede the gospel. But the reality is that today we're in a totally different world. It's the opposite world today. Mm-hmm. Today, if we, if we don't want to let the things going on in the culture uh, impede the gospel, we would go the opposite direction. We would say, well, let's put women in leadership because that's where the culture is here in America. Yeah, and I think what trumps all of this is love, loving your neighbor and loving God and you know obedience to the Holy Spirit's leading. And that's something that... In my story, Bill, of ministry has been the thing that has made the difference. 
It's been you modeling that, you acting in love. It's been other men and women acting in love and obedience to the Lord and the Holy Spirit that have really where I've taken the courage to be able to to not bury my talent and to be able to offer it, to take courage to offer it. And then, you know, see the way God uses it. And then there's um, greater faith then for me. My faith grows, my confidence in God using me grows as I venture on Him in that and step out in that. And But the confidence of that has come from other role models of, of women doing that, of keeping their eyes on the Lord and obeying Him and doing what He's given them to do, like Jesus did. And then men like you who are affirming of that and thanking us and valuing us and saying, yeah, you have a place here that's important. And you're not doing that to make a point or to argue, you're doing that in love for for God, for for me, but also for the people that are receiving through me and other women. Yeah, you're modeling for, for women and for uh, soft-spoken men the importance of their voice in, in our world today. And uh, wow, it's one of my favorite stories from our Social Shepherding Institute is our friend uh, Jeff McCrory. He's a ordained pastor in the Presbyterian Church for a number of decades. He has a doctorate degree in the Old Testament, uh, knows Hebrew and Greek, uh, like he can read it and translate it on the fly, is, teaches for Fuller Theological Seminary, and very very gifted, very intelligent, very accomplished pastor. And he, he in our institute, he learned more from you than from me. And he, he was so thankful for you as a speaker, as a teacher, uh, for your voice and your way of coming from the heart and the way that you unpack the scriptures and apply it to our life and help us in the, the journey of discipleship to Jesus and uh, being emotionally and relationally healthy uh, in our lives and our ministry. And we've heard that from, from many people. And- well, and that's been so loving of them to speak that to me because it's been such a surprise to me. I didn't expect it. You know, I was holding back, being quiet. And then to hear that has helped me to offer more and bring more. And then they appreciate that and they tell me that. And in the same way, we've seen women who actually don't relate to me and what I say, they're relating to you because they're more driven and they're more similar personality to you. Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing that I'm talking about is it's not, it's not so much about you know, this argument between male and female, right. certainly God created us differently and we need those differences and value those differences. But it's loving for both of us to bring ourselves yeah. because God uses us in unique ways, male and female, you know, alike. Some relating and appreciating what God's teaching through me and some through you. Yeah, because we don't want to be putting stereotypes on people. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes there are so many women, including those listening to us now, who are. Uh, have no problem with uh, teaching and uh, courage and leadership and and boldness and they're type A yeah and so yeah they relate more to my personality type mm-hmm. and there's men that are tender-hearted soft sensitive shy not quick to speak up um, really more of the heart and they're more going to relate to you yeah Bill I saw you just pour hours and hours and hours over some months to write this article. And I, I saw the way that you had a real um, just compelling drive to learn and to understand and then to share what you'd learned. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? 
Yeah, you're talking about the article on women as pastors, elders, and leaders in Bible-based churches. I did that out of love for our uh, daughters and daughter-in-law and uh, you and your your sister and your mom and uh, other women we know and the women pastors and leaders uh, by the hundreds that we connect with in Soul Shepherding who are in uh, Bible-based churches and other uh, conservative traditional churches and feel held back uh, as women with gifts and in leadership. And I just want to take a fresh look on well, what does the Bible really teach about this? Are, are, are we really torn on between we have to either not respect the authority of Scripture because we're just sort of throwing out some Scriptures that clearly teach women are, are not to uh, lead and teach and speak in, in church? Or is there, is there another way to understand these scriptures and still maintain uh, a really solid uh, hermeneutic and respect for the authority of scripture? So yeah, I re- read some books and listened to some podcasts and really was digging into the scriptures myself and uh, just very thankful for that whole study. It was very meaningful for me and it, g- it gave me more confidence in what has felt right to me for many years and to just uh, come out and just be public to say, well, this is what we believe at Soul Shepherding. We believe in shared male-female leadership uh, in uh, all contexts, in the home and in uh, Christian communities and nonprofit organizations and in churches. And uh, some of our friends uh, in ministry don't believe that, and we we don't want to, you know, we're not the debating types and... You know, we're, we're, we're therapists first, and you know, Dallas Willard affirmed me as a Bible scholar, so I do want to, uh, as a, a pastor, I do want to accept that, well, that's part of my mm-hmm. calling, is yes. to study and know the scriptures, and uh, I, I don't consider myself a, a, a great expert on this topic, but I have some expertise. Yeah. I've done some study, and uh, those who, who read the article, it's 22 pages long, it's a significant read, but you get a, a really good background on the scriptures, on the culture, and how to understand uh, these passages, and we just really hope that the article will uh, embolden and encourage and strengthen uh, women uh, in their ministries and that it uh, will help men and women, whichever side they fall on this, to just really think carefully mm-hmm. and biblically and prayerfully about this issue. Because when we exclude women from the leadership table, we're, we're hurting them and we're hurting our witness for Christ because there are women all around us and, and men all around us uh, in our churches uh, in our organizations who want to be a part of what we're doing, but when they feel like women are being disrespected, they don't, they just don't want to be a part. And that really saddens me. And, uh, and the other thing is that we've seen Christy in our work with elder boards and churches. Uh, and typically that's all male elder boards. And we've seen some cases of some really hurtful, painful things that have come with uh, pastors being terminated in ways that were not loving and I don't think we're, we're biblical and in church conflicts and uh, some things at the, at the elder level that we're not being uh, dealt with in the best of way. You know, these are hard things. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. But one of the factors in, in, in these situations I'm referring to is, well, there were no women at the leadership table. And the there's a lot of problems with that. But one that we haven't mentioned in this podcast is that women have a tremendous uh, emotional intelligence on average and beyond that of men. And so uh, we're, we're missing a lot when we don't have uh, emotionally sensitive, heartfelt, uh, courageous leaders coming from a feminine perspective. 
because they're more process oriented. Uh, they're on average, they're more likely to be right brained. And so when we put that into the, the conversation of how to deal with issues of conflict and uh, leadership problems, it, it's, it's going to be a healthier group. And so that's also part of my passion in this is that I want to see more relationally healthy leadership. And when we have women in the mix, that's going to help. <laughs> well, and honey, your gifts are, you know, you are discerning, you are fair, you are clear thinking. You don't, when you study scripture and you look at something, you come with a real objectivity there and a humility that I really appreciate and that, you know, I see in this. And I just want to make clear that we are not in any way participating with culture and what the media has done in terms of insulting men and in terms of just you know, putting them down and degrading them, that that is not at all what we're coming from or reacting to in here. We think that is just heartbreaking and sad and harmful to our culture too. We want to raise up men in leadership. Yeah. This podcast is just yeah. about our sisters. So That's yeah. right. Well, thank you for offering this great article for us. Uh, it's been a joy and an honor. Good. So our prayer is that the Lord would continue to encourage and move each of you in your ability to love him and love your neighbor as yourself, as you let go of some of these um, maybe oppressive teachings that have held you back in in fear or have kept you from loving your neighbor um, at church. And um, instead, both of you really seeking to move in step with the Spirit and Venture on God to be who you are and offer all that you have to Him and to others in love. So we thank God for women pastors and for women in ministry, and we just pray, Lord, your best blessings upon these friends of ours and that you would encourage them in their leadership, in their ministry, in their service to you, in the church, uh, in nonprofit organizations, in small groups, in, in homes, in communities, Lord, and give them great boldness under the anointing of your spirit. Give them a great uh, awareness of their distinctive gifts and your calling upon their lives and how they are needed in the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. The Soul Shepherding Institute starts its seventh cohort with Women and Men in Ministry the first week of February. We'd love to have you join us. Each of our five-day retreats features training in Christ-centered soul care and ministry to others. You'll be greatly encouraged and empowered in your apprenticeship to Jesus by being a part of this emotionally healthy and vibrant community of leaders. Contact us at soulshepherding.org to learn more.